Jeremiah Smith or Dylan Rayola? Who is the best recruit in 2024? Well, Orn3 says the vote goes to Jeremiah Smith. We'll find out why that is today on Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Wednesday, July 12th in the year 2023. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day during today's episode. Brian Smith is back with us. Brian is Locked On's recruiting analyst. Brian and I discuss why Jeremiah Smith is viewed as the best recruit in the class of 2024 and Buckeyes picking up steam on the defensive side of things on the recruiting trail. Got numerous commitments from defensive players over the past few weeks. Could get one coming up tomorrow from a very talented defensive lineman who plays at IMG. I love having Brian on, and you're going to love what he has to say about Jeremiah Smith and the Buckeyes' chances to get other talented players on the defensive side of the ball. And joining us now here on Locked on Buckeyes is Locked on's recruiting analyst, Mr. Brian Smith. Brian, it's been quite a bit of time since the time today and the last time we talked. How are things going for you? Doing well, man. Uh, Close. We're very close to the end of the recruiting run. And I can actually sleep once in a while. Uh, that's that's exciting for me. I haven't had much sleep lately, but that's okay. That's okay. A little football talk is never a bad thing. No, never a bad thing. A little sleep, a little extra sleep is never a bad <laughs> thing either. Recently, I actually got a little extra sleep over the weekend, my wife and I. And we don't know what happened, but we got extra sleep. And it, it, it's amazing. And I'm looking forward to hopefully <laughs> once we get through this big recruiting period where you can get some extra sleep because – Football's coming. We're going to watch a lot of football. And Brian, you you want to need all the sleep you can get to watch football Friday, Saturday, Sunday, some Mondays as well. There's going to be a lot of people looking to watch football of a guy who's a Buckeye commit and Jeremiah Smith. And on three recently updated their industry rankings. And Jeremiah Smith is ranked number one over Dylan Rayola, former Buckeye verbal commit. That one to me was when I first saw it, I was like, I know they're both good. I don't know how they get the one versus two, but if Smith is he better over the mo- the best recruit via their industry rankings, Brian, that says something about how good Jeremiah Smith is. I think uh, for me, I have had him ranked number one personally for a long okay. time, but I, I, I get to see him. I live in Florida. I know yeah. him. The way he carries himself on and off the field, even during like stretching, everything he does has a point. He doesn't really hang out and just goof around. He's an all-business, locked-in guy. And for me, that's the difference because there's a lot of talented players and all that that have wingspans and stuff. But he just takes to his craft. He's really serious about his get-off, about how to beat press coverage, how to beat off coverage. Every little thing, he can break it down for you and talk to you about it. And he's not afraid to back it up once he goes out on the field, too. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you've watched his film and his seven-on-seven, but that guy is just a special player. And outside, like, I don't think there'll ever be another Randy Moss, Mm-mm. but he's about as close as you're going to get. So that's a good category to be in. What separates him from Rayola? You say you've always had him ranked number one, which means he's better than Rayola in your rankings. What separates the two? 
Rayola still has a little bit of a bust factor in it. Just A, his quarterback. And B, he's a risk taker. He's a kid that tries to force the ball in the hole. I mean, he's got a cannon. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But there's been a lot of guys like that that didn't pan out. Jeff George. I mean, he's, you know, you're an Indianapolis guy. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard about those kinds of things happen. Jeremiah is as safe a pick at one as you're going to get. Barring injury, he's going to the NFL. That's just the end of the story. It sounds like he's going to fit in at Ohio State very well with the work ethic you talk about, how he is a guy that can break down what he's doing on the field. I think about Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate and the way that they are looked at by Buckeye coaches just being incoming freshmen. Sounds like Jeremiah Smith has some of those same traits those guys have because they both have signed of kind of a, a mindset and a makeup of I'm going to work, I'm going to grind, I'm going to keep doing what I need to, do, need to do. And, Brian, it sounds like all of them are coachable as well. That's why they went after him. Again, there are a ton of receivers that have a lot of physical skills. It's the ones that get it from here up. Right. They get paid. Um, I had a chance to meet Mr. Jefferson, the Vikings receiver recently. I had a conversation with him. And he was talking about the things that he did to separate himself. We didn't talk about how strong he was. It was all the little mental things. What's the same thing for Jeremiah or Carnell or any of them? If they take to their craft, if they understand the footwork and they really, really go after it. I mean, Jeremiah is 6'3", 210. He's gotten a lot bigger, too. That helps, but you still have to be able to run routes and understand why you're doing it. And they want to. Ohio State runs a pro-style offense, and you better be ready because they're going to throw the book at you. So it, it's going to be fun, but I'll be surprised if Jeremiah is not on the field right away. Interesting, because I recently talked to somebody that said that they think that the current incoming freshman, the two guys I just mentioned, Ennis and Tate, have a chance of playing maybe even like in a backup role as freshmen. Sound like right. Jeremiah Smith is one of those guys where he's an incoming freshman a year from now. He'll be someone that's looking to get on the field instantly as an Ohio State Buckeye. I don't know how any – I mean, they're going to run three wide pretty much yeah. at all times. Yeah. But when they're in a four-wide set, and they have different ways they look at depth charts. There's not one. They're, it's pretty fluid now because of how the spread offense works. Jeremiah can be your boundary receiver and over to the side, and it puts teams in a really big bind. How many corners can handle 6-3-2-10? It's a low number. Okay, we all know that. Even at a freshman, I mean, that's he's got a year of high school left. Yeah, He's going to leave Ohio State at 225 or something like that. But he puts you in that spot where you want to put your safeties. He changes the game by just being on the football field. So, and like I know Ennis well, great kid. It's super competitive. I know Tate and all these guys, they all have the same characteristic. They hate to lose at anything. So they're going to kind of figure that out. And that's why I think they'll force their way in. They'll learn the playbook. They have the hands and the footwork and all that stuff, but they'll learn the playbook and do the things that they're asked. Hartline's not real easy to play for. There's a reason he's good at what he does. So he gets after his guys because he expects and demands excellence. That's also why they throw the football so well. Yeah, It goes, goes hand in hand. They've embraced that or else they would have selected other schools. You know, when it comes to Hartline, and I don't mean to bring up a negative, a negative uh, conversation, but with what's going on at Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald no longer being the head coach there, I'm not going to dive into that, but I saw a tweet saying Brian Hartline might be a guy that Northwestern should look at to come in and instantly be their next head coach. I don't really think that should be the first move that they should make, but when it comes to recruits like Jeremiah Smith, if Hartline leaves, he might go elsewhere or he might stay. Do you think that if Hartline takes a job in the upcoming offseason that – 
Smith might change his commitment because the coach he was trying to learn under is now at a different school? That was a big reason he picked Ohio State from talking to him was the overall offensive structure, Heartline in particular, and the ultimate goal of the National Football League. It can't help, but he would still have Ryan Day in the offensive system in general. I think it would depend on the timing of it and all that, but I, it's ironic that you bring up the Northwestern gig. I was already told that Heartline doesn't want that gig. Okay. He knows – I mean, I, I, I could have bad in, but I've, I've heard no. And let's be honest. Man, that's a hard place to recruit. They don't spend the money on certain things. They did get some new facilities finally. They, yes. they got some newer stuff, which is good. It's good for the Big Ten and everybody involved. But I'm sure you've dug into it some, and I'm not trying to bring a ton of negativity. I mean, that is a deep, deep rabbit hole, bro. I mean, there's some, like, there, there's racial undertones and all that, but, like, the sexual, like, some of that stuff is freaky. Yeah. And it's like, that's been going on for over a decade, and nobody, like, there's so many questions. I'm like, why didn't somebody's parent find, like, so many things? Who wants to take that job? It's a terrible job anyway, because your academic standards make it almost impossible. <laughs> Why would Hartline want that? Or any like he's eventually going to go to be a head coach somewhere. It's probably not going to be that long for him. We get that, but why would you take that job? I would take the honest. I would take the Indiana job before I would take Northwestern. It's not even close. They can get kids in, and they don't have the scandal to deal with. Oof, that is that is going to be brutal. I, I wouldn't want any part of that. We've heard a lot from Brian about Jeremiah Smith and Brian Hartline. We have more about those two, and there's some other things going on with Buckeye recruiting coming up to next here. On Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and you love this next part, it's super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets at FanDuel.com slash FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, Brian, I kind of want to continue that conversation there about Brian Hartline and J- Jeremiah Smith, that duo there. Hartline, I do think at some point, let's just say year one as OC, and if he is a play caller, you got to kind of expect that if he does well and then if things boom, Jeremiah Smith, other guys, Tate, Ennis, there could be not just Smith if, if Hartline leaves. Smith might go somewhere. you got other guys at Ohio State as well that might see Hartline going Let's say it is um, a G5 school, like an upper-level G5 school that plays really good football. 
and he's mentor, like, hey, it's not power. Fo- yeah, it's not 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 like Ohio State level, but it's still a good school. They put money into the football. They care about the football. They're moving up. They're winning games. That could be a great spot for him. And that school could see one, two, three Buckeye receivers maybe transfer. Not saying it's going to be the starters, but guys that maybe weren't going the field right away that say, hey, I've been there for two years at Ohio State, not working out. How about I transfer to where Heartline's going? I don't know if it's going to happen, but it wouldn't shock me if it did. Look, at some point, if he can call plays, everybody knows his recruiting acumen and everybody knows that he's got a great reputation with wide receivers. He's going to get phone calls. Yeah, I think unless Ryan Day leaves for whatever reason, that's a whole other bag of tricks and he takes over for him. He's probably not going to be at Ohio State a lot longer. That's that's just how coaching works. Every every school goes to it. Nick Saban loses a coordinator almost every other year. It's insane. You have to be able to relieve yourself of one guy and put somebody in. But also when somebody's taken from you, you got to be able to replace. It's not one or the other. It's both. Ryan Day, you know, he's a good football coach, but can you get somebody else to replace all of that? That'd be pretty hard. You yeah. know, and I know he's talked about a lot on the message boards and all that, but Hartline's just one guy. You still have to be the Ohio State Buckeye. So I if he leaves, he leaves. You have to be able to move on. You're Ohio State, man. I don't think it's as big a deal as some people make it out to be because they're a top five program. Let's let's leave it at that. One thing on Ryan Day, you mentioned it, and I don't think Ryan Day's going anywhere. But what do you think should happen if Ohio State loses to Michigan Thanksgiving weekend three times in a row? Do you think Ohio State should move on from Ryan Day? Well, if they go eleven and one and that's their only loss, that'd be a little rough. Uh it, it's a it's a total kind of deal. I'm not I'm not thinking that he's the next guy going into the enshrinement for the college football hall of fame yet. But at the same time, the guy's been to the playoffs multiple times. Yeah. I mean it's Ohio State fans, in my opinion, are probably about the most unrealistic in the country. And I highly doubt that too many people listening to this are, are going to disagree, although they're a part of it. They're not very easygoing. I, I grew up around, I grew up in the Midwest like you did, et cetera. But at the same time, you took the job. You knew what was coming. You were a coordinator there before. I mean, he's doing the same thing Heartline is now. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do if they were like on that cusp again, if they lose two games. And Michigan is the second one, especially if, if they get drubbed. Like if they could be 34 to 10, all bets are off. The Ohio State fans, the administration, et cetera, would be upset. The only problem is it's the same thing I always ask. Who are you going to hire? Right. Look, uh, nobody wants to hear it. There is no Messiah out there right now. Be careful for what one wishes. You just might receive it. So, look. It is what it is. Uh, if it helps at all, I will be floored if Harbaugh is at Michigan much longer because he just wears his welcome out everywhere. He's an odd guy. He, he's a great coach, but he's a yes. very odd guy. He will probably be back in the NFL sooner rather than later. The only reason he hasn't already is he's an odd guy. I've heard some really weird yes. things about his interviews, recruiting, and everything. Like, he is just a goofy, goofy dude. So a lot of NFL executives are probably like, I really don't want to deal with this guy every day. But he can coach, man. He can X's and O's you to death. So. He can. We've also seen not just a Jeremiah Smith being the number one recruit via on the recruiting rankings, but over the past few weeks, maybe month or so, less than a month, we've seen a lot of defensive players commit to Ohio State. Justin Scott, right. talented defensive lineman, uh, committed earlier this month. Bryce West on June 24th. Miles Lockhart on July 6th. You also had Jalen McClain on, as well on 
I think that was in June actually. But you're getting a lot of you're getting a lot of commitments from guys on defense. And Brian, for a long time, we talked on this show about oh, yeah. it, even before you came on here consistently. We talked about how Buckeye recruiting 2024 offense heavy, not defense. But now, Brian, they're getting a lot of talented guys to commit to Ohio State during a crucial time of year. That was really needed, man, because, I mean, they they took a beating uh, publicly after the Michigan game last year. They played good against Georgia. I mean, Georgia's offense was tremendous. They just lost on that kick. But now you had that whole offseason where people are stewing about it. That's rough. And for whatever reason, defensive recruits usually take longer to commit. I don't know what the reason is for that. Getting Scott to commit, although I, I still need to see him sign, but he takes visits if I had to guess. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, he's he's got carte blanche whether the coaches want to hear it or not. He's a special talent. They're they're trending in the right direction. I mean, Stewart is my favorite guy in the country of the defensive. He's a kid out of D.C. They're still in the mix for. They might get – they got Ibsen out of Texas, et cetera. They're in on a ton of guys. Edric Houston out of Georgia, I heard they've got a great shot. If they're not the leader, he might be the best defensive lineman in Georgia this year. He's not going to Bama. He's not going to Georgia. I already found that out. Doesn't want to play in a three-man line, so that's a big deal. Ohio State, their defensive class could be one of the top two or three in the country. Interesting you say that because I remember when uh, JT2 and Blowout was getting recruited, and he was discussing, and I heard people uh, interview him, not interview him, but discussing things that they had heard from him and about where he wanted to play in college. He wanted to play in a four-down line, not three-line, which is why even though he yeah. Alabama was high and other schools were high, he, they weren't really in the running because what they wanted to run on defense wasn't what he wanted to play on defense in college. And I do think that Larry Johnson's expertise in knowing how to coach and teach everybody, every position, every technique on defense really st stands out. But also, Jim Knowles coming in and still realizing we can still run four down linemen, run a little variation of it, and still be very effective on defense. That means a lot. I think Ohio State still running a four down four lineman on defense definitely is um, something recruits look forward to and want to play in. It's the more exciting defense because you're considered to be more of a pass rusher. D linemen at UGA and Alabama do a tremendous job, but they're oftentimes more suited to being anchors in the terms of a two gap scheme. You tell that to a kid that wants to rush the passer, and it oftentimes doesn't go over very well. So. JT is a great example, man. That dude, we knew right away he was going to play at Ohio State. He could rush the passer. I think he made the right choice. He's a better 4-3 lineman, but to each their own. Edric, ironically, Houston, the kid down in Georgia, he's a kid that can play in anything athletically. He's a freak, yeah. but he's a great kid that you could put on the strong side and be a pass rusher. That's one of the things Ohio State, when they've been good, they've had one on each side. Yeah. They can, I mean, if you just have one guy, you can chip him, you can roll the pocket and all that. We're talking about Ohio State getting back to the point where they've got NFL talent on both edges. That's when you can beat Georgia because it's it's much more difficult when they can kind of center on one guy. It definitely is. We're going to hear more about Larry Johnson, what Brian has to say about him, and other players that might commit to Ohio State throughout the rest of this month. Locked on Buckeyes rolls on here on a Wednesday. Brian, I was recently talking to a brother of a recruit, and this particular player – doesn't really have Ohio State high on their – well, in the top five. But when it comes to saying is it Ohio State or a few other schools, the other schools are more higher than Ohio State. 
But this guy said, even though Ohio State's not up there on his board as far as top two, Ohio State has Larry Johnson. And I think that still means something. From the recruits you talk about, how do they view Larry Johnson as far as being a great developer of talent on the defensive line? It's one of the guys that's kind of just well-known. Where he was down at IMG recently when I was there, and everybody was pointing to him and stuff. He's, He's an icon in the coaching industry. Recruits know it. The kids that were working out, you know, 50 feet from him or whatever the heck it was, they know who he is. A lot of them mentioned Larry Johnson to me and have for years before he was even at Ohio State. He was at Penn State. The guy got a lot out of talent. It wasn't necessarily four and five. So he took some three-star kids for the Nittany Lions and turned them into all Big Ten guys. So yeah. his trajectory isn't just NFL. He, he knows how to develop in general and make a unit. And I think that's really helped him a lot. It makes it a lot easier. So if you look at the kids they're recruiting now, is it shocking to me? No, not really. You're not always going to do great. Last year, they didn't hit on as many as they wanted, but at the same time, you're not perfect. So they have more playing time to sell this year, too. I, I think they're going to do quite well at the finish when they get this national signing day. Are you anticipating two or three defensive linemen at that position committing prior to the start of the season? Timing is always the most difficult, especially like if you look at the kids left, they've got, they're in on kids that can make a decision on their own time. Dylan Stewart, kids like that, you know, whatever it is, they can do what they want. Now I'm sure Larry and everybody wants that to be expedited because they don't want to spend that time. It's just, it's the game of recruiting. But when they happen, I try to stay away from, especially since we're getting towards the back end of July. Uh, I'm sure Ohio State's going to have some more kids visiting at the end of the month, et cetera. But I'm guessing more of the decisions now are going to be bookended towards November and December. One kid that you see and that you know personally, Jaden Jackson, just saw he's committing in a couple days. Well, it shows on Wednesday, so it's committing tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern time. When you watch Jackson play, before even like diving into where he may go, where you might not go from conversations you've had with him, what do you see from Jackson when he's playing football? That kid plays 100 mile an hour, man. He's another IMG kid. Uh, he's from our neck of the woods originally, yep. uh, Indianapolis. Uh, well, he's from Utah, moved to Indy, then he came down to IMG. His technique, though, is what's incredible. Like, he's taken to his craft. He's a guy that the defensive staff at IMG really likes, and he does all the little things. He goes out and gets extra reps. He works at anything he can, and he, he just dominates. He plays next to Stone, who gets more – attention because he's probably as good a pass rusher as there is in the country. But Jackson in his own right is a national top 100 kid, in my opinion. And I think he's going to play early, no matter where it is. Uh, it's Ohio state. It's uh Florida, Miami, Texas, Oklahoma. I mean, I haven't heard anything in the last few days and he's getting ready to commit. So he's keeping it pretty close to the vest. I think that's a good thing for him. Cause I always err on the side of, especially when it comes from, people that aren't from American culture, they make decisions differently than we do. Sometimes I make decisions, but I got three or four people that I tell that are close to me, but they want to keep things in family in house. And I personally like that because it makes the, makes the announcement almost more special because most people out there that even cover recruiting, they might not know. And you're saying, Hey, my family is in this with me. They've helped me make this decision. And they are the only ones that know what the decision is going to be. I actually enjoy that. I like recruits when they 
keep it closer to them and don't let everybody and their mama know about where they're going to commit to play football. It is pretty interesting because most of the time I have a pretty good idea. For whatever reason, his family and, and Jackson, they've just they've shut it down, man. Like the, the news is not flowing about him. And that's pretty rare in today. And and good for him. Yes. Like you said, it's there's nothing wrong with having your own decision and letting everybody know at the same time. Brian, love having you on. Good stuff once again, as always. It's cool that everybody know that maybe listening and not watching on YouTube, where they can follow you on Twitter and where they can read some things, some stuff you're doing with Miami or even recruiting stuff going on. Sure. FB Scout underscore Florida. That's my Twitter handle. That's where you can find most of the stuff. I am the publisher of all hurricanes on Fan Nation and F- FB Scout underscore Florida again for YouTube. Recruiting stuff in general, doing a lot of stuff in the South, top prospects in 25, which I can assure you Ohio State has offered numerous. Um, it's a lot of fun, man. It's, it's a lot of fun. And talking a lot of recruiting right now, it's coming to the end. We're getting to that end spot before we get to the season, but still a lot of recruiting stuff going on. You got that right. And, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Love having Brian on the show. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Buckeyes on YouTube. There is a recruiting update playlist that has all of our recruiting updates there. So if you want to get more of Brian and more of Buckeye recruiting and maybe you missed some shows, go there. You can find all of those shows with all the good stuff Brian adds to the show when he joins us. Guys, this is Lachlan Buckeyes here on a Wednesday. I'll see you tomorrow. Hope you have a great day.